This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. Hey folks, welcome back once again to the show that, well, it just might end. The DLR <laughs> Cast, the podcast by and for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. I'm Steve, as always, with my good friend Darren Paltrowitz. And Darren, we might want to say change our tagline to the podcast by and for former fans of yeah. Diamond David Lee Roth because we're doing this episode tonight, folks, uh, here on a Thursday night, a few hours after one of the weirdest, craziest, most insane, scorched earth, I'm running out of descriptors, help me here, podcast episodes of the... Yeah, instead of nothing but yeah, it's kind of nothing but no with this one. Roth, go ahead. Yeah, okay. yeah I've, I've reached out to a few people who have worked with Dave. I don't want to give away identities, but I'm a PI. Why would I lie? Uh, that I did not mean to rhyme right there. But uh, <laughs> I've spoken to multiple people who've worked with Dave in recent years, and all of them are super pissed off, not pleased, think it's a bad look. When you look at the YouTube and the Instagram comments, yeah, Dave, telling it like it is, Dave. And you're like, what? Are these people listening to the same thing that we are? Well, well, for those for those who don't know, who haven't heard it, by the time you hear this podcast, you're gonna run to you're gonna run to YouTube, where so far it's the only place this episode of the Roth Show is. Now, so it's called the Ballad of Popsicle Sam. We'll get into why it's called that in a second. Yeah. But here's what we know right now: it premiered on YouTube earlier this afternoon, uh, Thursday, earlier this afternoon. So late, I guess, sometime in the morning, LA time. I haven't seen it in any other podcast providers. I check my player FM player here, where whenever I go to every other every week, I see mm -hmm. it downloads automatically. But I can tell you from looking at it earlier, it's been 31 weeks since the last Roth Show podcast episode. So this it, it's got the Roth show opening. It's got Tom yeah. in there a little bit yeah. and it's fucked up. Let's start with, I guess. Well, let me call it something that you just said when you're talking about the feed, not being consistent in recent weeks, some of those Van Halen re-records have disappeared from the internet. Good point. And that, in <laughs> fact, you and I were trading messages about this a couple of weeks ago after naturally our last episode. So we might want to get into that more just weirdness and wackiness from dave's camp but this whole thing takes a cake uh i guess yeah. let's start with the ballad of popsicle sam i guess the short story is i uh, you know well, tell me your thoughts when you first hear this because for those who have heard it and are listening to us now he says for the first time it's i've you know never opened my mouth about sammy in 10 summers and i'm like cringing i'm like oh boy here we go yeah and then uh, so <laughs> If if I can recap here, you know, spoiler alert, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, his only two zings on Sammy are that he's from Fontana, California, which they used to call Fun, Fun Tucky, <laughs> and the, the alien abduction anal probe thing. And that, yeah. that's all he had. In other words, it's like the worst roast comic ever. It's a person who thinks that they zinged you. But you go, oh, oh, okay, so where's the hurtful thing coming? Yeah. And I guess while we were, while we were, while I was listening to this uh, and not knowing what the last 10 or 15 minutes of this podcast, of his podcast episode was going to be like, I started to get a little, you know, I had that typical cringe moment, which yeah. was 
at an all-time level towards the end of this podcast. We'll get to it in a second. But my first thought was, and it's something I've asked continuously thinking about this during the day, is when I'm listening to Sammy part, for starters, was why? Why now? I mean, there's a hundred yeah. different times where he could have fired back with something about Sammy. Um, certainly a few months back when and when David at least said, hey, I'm ready. Let's go on the road. And then that kind of died quickly. And Sammy got a little showed up there. I know some think folks might not, some folks might not think so, but Dave handled that well. And yeah. in most cases, there's been no commentary. There's been no slagging from Dave. Not since really, when you think of it, uh, in a very long time. Not a long, not, no slagging I can think about of Sammy. No wars that he started up with other artists the way that he did at the Us Festival. You know, he's... He's been well-behaved in the context of talking about peers. As long as you believe that he's the greatest of all time and you say that, he doesn't really poke the bear, so to speak. So the beginning of this, I was having a chuckle or two going, okay, okay, so so let's, let's, hear the, let's hear the zings and what Sammy did to him. And it never goes there. And before he starts talking about Sammy Hagar, he does, does he call Joe Satriani Sneaky Joe? I may have missed that part. I'm sorry. I don't I'm recall pretty that sure part. at the beginning he goes and sneaky Joe. And he never, I recall, mentions Joe Satriani again. I'm assuming, uh, yes, I know it happens when you assume. I'm assuming <laughs> he's calling Joe Satriani sneaky because he was part of the tribute show rehearsals. Ultimately, those didn't pan out. I'm still hearing some stuff about that. We, the public, do not know 5% of what happened with all that. I know the best I can put it right now. And I'm talking to some people who might know what happened authoritatively. But anyway, he went from the tribute show rehearsal stuff to Sammy's band proper. So right. yeah, you doing can... doing a Van Hagar Van Halen tribute show essentially. Mostly I'm sure it's gonna stick to the Sammy years this this coming summer. Yeah. So you can look at that as sneaking away, but he doesn't bring up Satriani again. So to me, that was the weird part. Like, he's not talking about Joe Holmes being sneaky Joe. He's not talking <laughs> right. about Joe Biden. <laughs> right. right. No, exactly. <laughs> so that was the beginning of it. I went like, okay, okay, kind of funny. I'm waiting for the punchline. And I found myself, and I'm curious if you agree. I found myself going from, oh, this is a bad look to, oh, okay, this is a good look. Oh, no, yeah. this is a bad look. No, 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 this is a good... No, this is a bad look. And it just kept going from bad look to good look over and over and over again over those 25 minutes. Well, hold on. Because the, the last 10 minutes went to a, a horrible, horrible, no good, terrible, I don't know how you recover from this. Why the fuck did you do this look? And let's get into that. Because so from yeah. there, there's some other story, which I don't even remember in between there. Now, hold on. Let me back up oh, for one second. No, no, no. I can give you the stories. Well, here. Let me back up for one second for those who are, <laughs> let, let, let me just give a few props here that I actually did like. One, there's some really cool looking, uh, very recent looking photos in the video on YouTube. Yes. Dave with some bizarre looking megaphones and just doing the poses and leather pants. And he's all tatted up. And, you know, for a guy 70 years old, he's looking pretty good. He's looking in shape. Agreed. I'll, I'll, Albeit, albeit still really, really like, is he sick thin um, or is he on some sort of macrobiotic diet? I mean, let's assume it's 70. No. He's pretty damn healthy, but doesn't he look, he looks really thin. He looks thin. I mean, people tend to get a little frail or super pot bellied as they get older. 
Gra- gra- gravity's a bitch. <laughs> it's usually the exact opposite. If you were pot-bellied your whole uh, upbringing and childhood, you randomly beget, become frail. And then when you're frail, when you become older, you randomly get pot-bellied. Dave is getting even smaller. And I, I would assume it's from hyperactivity and other stuff. But I, yeah, uh, th- I don't think he's sick. No, I mean, I I don't, you know, I... I joke a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't look emaciated. He's just he's he's kept this very thin look since say about the 2015 the last tour with Van Halen versus yeah. you know where he just he just looked more filled out in previous years, right? I mean, always looking healthy. The guy's never had an ounce of fat on him. I mean, the guy, you know, whatever yeah. he does, whatever, you know, let's chalk it up to clean living and a healthy diet. The <laughs> but, only reason I bring up that Dave, I don't think Dave is sick stuff, partially in speaking with people, but partially because everyone thought that he was retiring in the middle of covid because he was sick right they were treating it like it was the final thing and then people are hearing oh i heard rumors of x y and z and and that kind of thing and he wasn't addressing it and then when eddie died he had that like the marlboro man should have got me you know that kind of a thing right right but i don't think that was anything more than him just being nebbish <laughs> Yeah, he you know. I remember he was making those references to doctors and some other things back then. But my team of doctors yeah, advised me that the, every time I go on stage, it was something like that. So I, like most people, was going. I have to go to Vegas because I think our hero is dying. That's one of the main reasons I went to Las Vegas for the ultimately canceled shows. So I totally sidebarred you and all that. So you're saying that the photos look cool. I think the photo, yeah, the whole thing, the, the shot in Pasadena, they look very recent. I mean, from the haircut to the, they just look recent, all black and white. Yeah. You know, we haven't seen a lot of Dave as far as recent photos and recent videos at all in, in quite a long time. Um, so, but also, which I, which for the first time he's really using, and this is, I mean, I'm looking for good stuff here. And there were, I did, what did make me laugh was some of the voiceover effects. There's one he was using there, his voice sounded like Casey Kasem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did, there was some new effects in there. We heard Tom a little bit the first 10 minutes, a, a few affirmatives and a couple, a couple of, um, you know, guffaws here and there. But then pretty I'm much, from I don't Ohio. Remember. I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't remember hearing him during the last half of it, let's say. So we go from yep. the Ballad of Popsicle Sam, this bizarre story about Sammy, a popsicle probing and, and uh, aliens to some other bizarre story. Costco. Which... We get to Costco. Yes, that's there's right. something telling about Costco that tells me that with great likelihood, he has not been inside a Costco. <laughs> and that's when he's talking about his brilliant idea for Costco weed. Anyone who goes to Costco... Um, I may or may not have bought my wife as part of her birthday gift the upgraded premium Costco membership because she I loves am, going to Costco. I same here, man. There. I love Costco. We I do. like having it delivered to me. I don't like. <laughs> so anyway, so she hears this now. She knows her birthday present. Anyway, uh, Dave refers to it as Costco weed. Anyone who goes to Costco knows it's Kirkland. Kirkland is the brand of all the generic stuff. Right. That's right. Their in-house brand is called Kirkland, named, I'm presuming, after Kirkland, Washington. But this is information that just fills my brain. But you are correct, sir. Yes, you've got Kirkland. Everything there uh, is their in-house brand. So It's Kirkland. Yeah, I did catch that little bit. Sure. There were a mix of errors. Like, at first, I was getting a little nitpicky. So, like, when he said towards the beginning... Uh, that he and Eddie wrote all the music in Van Halen. On one hand, you go, okay, that makes sense. And the other hand, you go, 
So Dave Ender Eddy wrote the drum part in Hot for Teacher. Did he say the music? Did he say the music or did he say um, the songs? Same. I'm kind of splitting hairs there, but same difference. But they did not write the Hot for Teacher drum intro, <laughs> which is the most iconic thing of that song. The 1984 keyboard thing at the beginning, track one on the album. That was based on a Michael Anthony bass solo. Right, right. So so the second that you say we do all, we do every, once you use absolutes and you pick one or two apart, as an investigator, I go, what else is wrong? Where are the other lies here? I'll Wait uh, by Van Halen was co-written by Michael McDonald. So again, they wrote everything. How many covers did Van Halen have on its albums? Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, maybe the caveat was all the original songs. And let's face it, a lot of bands have not and don't or didn't split their songwriting four ways. The drummer For the drummer and the bass player to get a piece uh, is sometimes rare with a lot of bands, correct? I mean, a lot of times it's just the it's just the guitar player and, and, and the lead singer, let's say. And Van Halen was always democratic and equitable that way from the very, you know, from the yeah. jump, splitting it four ways, splitting the publishing four ways that way. And I mean, listen, that's kind of almost hair picking there in a little bit. I was a little surprised to hear that again. My thought was, why? Why are you why? Why do you still feel the need to keep th trying to throw your bona fides out there? You know what I mean? OK, then another nitpicky thing here when he's like, when I wake up every morning, dot, 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 dot. Dave does not do eight hours of sleep like a regular <laughs> person. It's documented. So so he's lying about the music splits. He's lying about the sleeping. He's uh, not aware that the Costco brand is Kirkland. So I take those things at the beginning. And I go, OK, so if he's going to tell these little lies, what big lies are there going to be in this? And there were big lies in this thing. And folks, if I could just cut in here for a quick bit of commerce, a little commerce interlude here. Darren, the sleep that Darren's talking to is somewhat referenced in his new book, The Deal Hard Book, available everywhere now, which we'll be talking about oh. further in a future episode. Go get it. Thank you. Thank you for that. But <laughs> in since then, you know, in speaking to people who worked around Dave, they're like, no, he does not do normal sleep. He's more of like a nap or like a couple hours here, up for a long time, couple hours here, and do not wake him up and you do not want to be up around him when he gets up. He's been, so, he, yeah, he's been up since the eighties. He's always done those rock star, rock star hours. I get, I totally get that. I mean, yeah, I listen, there's always those liberties taken in, in as far as in his lifestyle and as far as liberties, let's say, but this isn't all that up to this point is not what gave me the biggest cringe moments that I've ever had as a fan. But okay, yeah, that was horrible. But way before you got that, the first thing that triggered me right here is when he starts to talk about quote Ed's triggers. And when mm. he says part of my French here, Dave, I fucking hate my brother. That's why I drink. Okay, this is where it starts. This is yes. where it all starts going downhill for me. So, folks, I'm sure by now maybe you've listened to this. I'm assuming you have, but that's where it really gets me is one he's saying, and he's doing an impersonation of Eddie saying yeah. that he hates his brother, which again, here again, the first question is what the fuck? Why? This is a guy who's always, who for many of occasions since, since the, 
you know, since Van Halen ended and Eddie's death, has said on numerous occasions, he talks to Al every day, and you always got the you always got he the impression that like him, pirates, <laughs> yeah, that him, uh, and then to say to 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 start going off on this, and yeah. and really, and listen, it's no secret if you're a fan that Alex had a prodigious drinking habit. I mean, the guy yeah. should have, you know, the guy single-handedly made, you know, made the financial quarters for Schlitz beer from, <laughs> you know, made their year from 1976 to oh, about, you know, the late 80s, I think. But yeah. to talk about, you know, he mentions how his second wife was pissed off. He mentions just how much beer he used to drink. And it was just really gets into it, which has been documented in other places. But certainly nobody from the band has ever, has ever talked about it like this let alone talked about it yeah this is there's like speaking ill of the dead and then there's this and this is like four times over this is trying to instigate family drama on top of speaking ill of the dead this is screwing over your business partner's relationships bad uh so that was the first thing that was kind of jarring and i remember shortly after that he then starts talking about eddie's wedding night and and, and that, uh, did you catch when he used the term that they were laughing quote like tards did you hear yeah, that oh, okay well back up a little <laughs> bit back up a little bit there too first off they start going he starts going into the, the day of the wedding and he gets really into the fact how, about how much blow they did and we're doing bumps and i had to hold them and you which and you and you get gacked and blah 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 and it's just like okay here again no know the room man you know what i mean you, this isn't something you want to start airing when Eddie's alive, let alone with his son. Uh, you know, yeah. let alone with his son, and uh, let alone having a son, let alone the fact that Eddie's passed and can't de de defend himself. I mean, this really, it all day long, it's really put. I'll tell you, it, it, it's been a gut punch. It really is because my yeah. hero here is really falling down the fucking stairs in my eyes, and it really bums me out. Yeah. So he starts talking about the cocaine and then he starts talking about the wedding night and flat out the shit he says about, you know, the fact that basically was talking about Eddie's infidelities on Valerie. Yeah, he said he could not be true to any woman. And you're like, oh, great. I'm sure that his widow is psyched to hear that. Great job, Dave. That was wonderful and appropriate. I mean, inappropriate is an understatement. I mean, really, I don't know if I can convey the amount of shock and horror and just disappointment I am in hearing this. And yes, mentioning Tard, by the way, you know, say what you want about political correctness, but you know, we evolve as a society and there's things you just don't fucking say anymore. And that's fine. You know, I mean, who gives it? Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Just, it really just smacks of kind of just, it's just, not none of this was smart. And again, I keep going back to the question: Why? What was the point of this? Why now? I'm assuming this is somewhat recent. Yes, recorded recently. Yes, uh, it's been several hours. I haven't seen any, you know, any taken off. Any, I'm sure by tomorrow morning we'll see something at Blabbermouth and the Van Halen news desk. But uh, getting back to a little bit, of course, the comments are all pretty much. Um, neutered and censored for your <laughs> go get them dave yeah um first <laughs> yeah. off bud masterful second don't give hagar the time of day he is a clown blah 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 and last you need to bring back the roth show with this stuff and you will rule the internet i mean it's just i love riding the wave I, and you know um 
<laughs> Although there was a couple good shots in here. Some were, whoa, I think Dave just nuked his invite to Christmas dinner. I mean, you know, but I, I, I did see one that earlier today that really slagged this. And I don't see it up here anymore, actually. So I think his social media team have been, been turning this shit off pretty quickly as far as the comments. So I came around briefly and going, okay, good idea. When So when Dave was kind of singling out Alex's alcoholism, now I had a, a tiny bit of empathy for Dave there because you realize maybe Alex wasn't the easiest to deal with in Van Halen. Alex is known to quietly have been the leader of Van Halen behind the scenes. You know, so, it's interesting you mentioned that because I thought of that too, but I also, didn't he say that Alex was a bully? Yeah, then I, he said he's a bully. And I always got that kind of impression, too, for different reasons, from reading things decades through the years. He certainly, I mean, he never as held, I mean, Eddie and Eddie really had the bulk of the press quotes, but it, it wasn't like Alex held his tongue during the heat of all the, you know, Dave leaving, Sammy coming on and all that. I mean, I always yeah. got I always got the impression that Alex could give more than you could get. You know what I mean? For for sure. Um, and you wouldn't fuck around of, with him. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to fight that guy. But once you're on his good side and his trusted side, you're protected and things are great and all that. So, you know, hearing that the whole like uh, go and going and getting this stuff from Gil Turner's liquor, you start to think, oh, is that maybe some of why Dave was kind of forced out of Van Halen? in the mid 80s that alex was tough to deal with and that's one of the reasons why he went maybe i should fly solo because eddie is difficult and alex is difficult but then you know dave continues to dig himself worth with worse with the uh silver lake dispensary part of this yeah oh okay now can, correct me if i'm wrong here but wasn't the appeal one of the appealing things of that even though Van Halen was all about the larger than life persona, that it was like a blue collar band. It was a working man's kind of band. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and no doubt so, they worked, they worked their asses off from the very beginning. So then is it a good look to get your accountant slash manager on the phone to get her to say that you spent $92,000 at a dispensary? Okay. So I have no problem with people uh, imbibing in some marijuana. That's cool. That's fine. But to then use it as a crutch in every facet of your life, that's when I have it as a huge problem. And yeah, I, 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 my first thought was that dollar amount was probably exaggerated, like the version of Ice Cream Man to cost $250,000. <laughs> you know, he lost $5 million on Ink the Original. Actually, maybe I can, that one I might believe, but. I've heard it's seven million on okay. all, but and and uh, I don't know if this is ever going to happen for the DLR cast. But a publicist that I've dealt with for a long time in a great way, who gives me interviews, he saw the book and went, "By the way, you know I was the publicist on Ink the Original." And I went, "What? <laughs> you didn't tell me that." So I, I'm waiting to see if we're ever gonna if he's NDA'd to the nth degree, or if he's like, "Oh no, for you, I like you. I'll talk to you." We'll see. Yeah, we uh, we've done shows about about Ink the original one of the stranger, one of the stranger and fastest business ramp ups and dissolution that we that we've 
that I've certainly seen <laughs> by a rock musician, considering how much press it all got now that all exploded. But I'm going yeah. off on a ink the original sidebar here. I mean, folks, if you haven't listened to this, the the Ross show, this new episode of the Ross show, I'd be surprised if it doesn't get pulled down, but we're now seven or eight hours into this. And so maybe it won't. But again, let's let's pause it for a minute. Why do you think why where did this vitriol come from and why? I mean, why did this this is this is scorched earth. This is this is airing the fucking most dirty laundry. This is shitty. You can't no one can defend this. Sorry, commenters on the YouTube page. Fucking I'm sorry. Even I, I can be the biggest sycophant sometimes, but I'll tell you, I can't defend this at all. Nobody should. Yeah. It's fucked up. It it really is. And we didn't get to the ending. Yeah, but what the part that I was going to tack on about that dispensary part was it was interesting that he just called his manager Jerry like that. And that's the first time I think he's publicly acknowledged Jerry before. She's been in the background of some of his videos, but he's never said my manager because Dave likes it to look like he calls his own shots. So that was a cameo from her that seemed impromptu. And uh, that that was a unique part to this. But uh the the ending the the last five ten minutes that's I think what has you angry. Yeah, let's go, go ahead. Give me let's run that down. Give me your thoughts. Well, he, or additional thoughts, I should say. <laughs> to summarize it, he's talking why Valerie Bertinelli and Eddie Van Halen got divorced. Painting Ed is entirely the problem on the whole thing. Even though in her book she talked about how they both cheated on each other. And grew apart so he's failing a little bit to mention that he's putting it all in this one incident with ed uh not the angie everhart thing that we've learned about in the years since no it's it's just this one thing because dave knows and he was there um dave says he won't reveal what was on the videotape but then he gives you hints and illusions and you're like so why did you mention that that's insanity and so he's, you know, kind of talking about Eddie's kinks a little bit, which is very tasteful and timely. And then somehow that leads to the fact that Eddie was broke and he needed him. And he's the one who called Dave to come back. And, and guess that, who Guess who he called? And then goodbye. And that is not true. Um, I have been talking to people. That is not true. <laughs> Uh, the sequence of events is not true. The timeline is not true. And he, he, Dave saved the day. No, he didn't. He did not save the day in Van Halen. And here's why I say the timeline is off. What year did Dave rejoin Van Halen? 2007. Well, maybe yes. 2006, but they went out Six, in 2007. Seven. What year did Valerie Bernelli and Eddie Van Halen announce that they were getting divorced? 2002. I was going to say it was before that. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to then go, well, that's because um, he was going to do the Sam, the Sammy 2004 tour and it was offered to him first. Okay. Okay. Possible. That's well, possible. I it's here's why I think some of that's possible, but again, no one needs to fucking talk about it. Especially when one person's dead. Let's but go back, back up for a minute because I think that we know from what we all know and have heard, Alex's financial situation because of divorce and stuff was 
not in really good shape right. at the beginning of this century. I believe, especially after declining record sales, no advances, right? They didn't, very little activity, no touring. I think that 2004 tour happened for as much financial reasons as, you know, I mean, for both Eddie and Alex, because that's an expensive lifestyle they're both living. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you know, the income, that income from, say, 94 to 2004, let's say, was definitely in decline. It had to be. No touring. You had the Gary Sharon record. They got an advance for that. That was it. Okay, they got an advance for the. They got an advance for the greatest hits. But okay, even if it wasn't declined that much, were they spending a lot more? They are bringing in the bulk of any band's, bulk of any band's, uh, income, is the on the road. You know, doing seventy dates or whatever, and getting big six figure guarantees every night and merch sales. Okay, so 94, 95, 96 were fine for Eddie and Van Halen because you had Balance. Balance was still an amphitheater level tour. True. You had the greatest yeah. hits album, which supposedly the advance per Sammy's book, the advance that he got on that paid off his divorce. <laughs> That's right. Oh. I did hear that too. And Sammy was only on half the album, whereas Eddie was on all of the album. So I think that that provided some cash flow. And around that time, Van Halen renegotiated its deal with Warner Brothers, where they've later found out that the members, including Michael Anthony, were getting five times the royalties he was. And I think that instigated some of the talks again. So 96 was still a good financial year. 97, 98, 99, 2000. I can't speak for that. But when he's calling Eddie Van Halen penniless. Okay, I don't believe that for a that second. That is not true on two levels. The first level is, my penniless and Eddie Van Halen's penniless are very different because <laughs> if I'm out of a job, you know, I have to get a new job. In the case of Eddie, he just has to wait three months or six months for the new Warner Brothers accounting, the new Warner Chapel or publisher accounting, his guitar royalties. And then he could go to his team and go, hey, book me for some high-paying clinics and private appearances and autograph shows. So meaning you're cash poor, but you're not destitute long-term. The other thing is the Van Halens owned a lot of real estate. It's not like his house was the only thing he had. And it's not like Valerie Bertinelli got everything and everything forever and ever, amen. Right. That is not true. And in fact... If you want to talk about who was penniless, uh, look at Dave's cash flow from about 94 to 2000 because he was touring in a single bus and he was on that bus with the crew. Mm -hmm. So that's a little projecting when you when you call somebody penniless and that he saved the day because Dave did not save the day. Dave bought his house from his dad in the early 90s. So I, I have a huge problem with this narrative that Dave swooped in and saved the day for Eddie because he didn't. Right. Yeah. And again, I can't think of any explanation for any of this. I mean, with the exception of the Sam part, okay, fine. You finally slag him. You tell a dopey story, whatever. I'm not sure what motivated you to do that now, but whatever. But this, the first question is what motivated you to slag Alex and Eddie and, Valerie to so just that whole why air that kind of dirty laundry now and I was thinking about this what 
where was the motivation? Did something happen the last three or four months contractually with royalties? You know, we've we've seen things come and go off of, um, you know, different kind of truth came down from the streaming services. We always hear about various, you know, we have, shouldn't say always, but we've heard numerous times about Dave getting, he, he said numerous times, Dave getting screwed over because whatever royalty rate, different things like that. What happened to like put this into, what happened for this podcast to be, for Dave's podcast to be what it is today? Yeah, was there a behind the scenes negotiation or something that failed? Or could this be the product of Dave going, well, Wolfie said that I was difficult. Well, they blame me for the the reunion not happening in the tribute show. So I'm going to now tell But that's them been I going on for the last year. And if and and if that's the case, I don't know why he didn't wouldn't necessarily I mean, Dave does it. It's very rare sometimes when Dave addresses something directly head on, right? I mean, you know, in the case of um you know, when Gene Simmons slagged him, he did. And he got kudos for that. It was like, and Gene was like, yeah, I shouldn't have fucking said that. Remember when he was opening up for Kiss? I mean, but it's sometimes it's rare. You know, it's, it, it, listen, I was thinking about that phrase. He's not playing checkers. He's playing chess or whatever the hell it is. But I can't figure this fucking thing out at all. Because this was, on a number of levels, this was really cruel and really shitty. Yeah, so a lot of people... Uh, have posted comments to videos where I've talked about Dave or this podcast. And they say that I don't know what I'm talking about and that Dave is playing chess while you're playing checkers. He's <laughs> plotting every move. They're doing that kind of a thing. And in speaking with people behind the scenes, no, he's not. It's just what does he feel like doing is at this exact second? It's entirely unfiltered. And every now and then there's a win from that. Like the recent... A video that he posted to YouTube of his artwork. That was a win. That was sure. a great thing. The Burger Stand theme song thing, which I think was an older thing reposted. That's fine. That's good. I that thought the was... Christmas song was pretty cool. We never talked about that, actually. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes him being on autopilot and going like, I feel like doing this right now. Sometimes there's a win in there. And then other times, because he's calling his own shots about how he feels at that moment, and he's getting Tom on the phone and going, Tom, you need to do this right now. Hey, Webmaster, you need to put this up right now. Like, it, it's there's so many damn mistakes as a human being. And I really have heard there's there's no structure behind the scenes. It's not like, say, sticks. Okay. Sticks have their big management company, and then they have their day-to-day -day person who keeps the calendar that they can right. talk to and coordinate everything with. And then they have their tour manager on the road who's talking to them and them and them. And then they have their merchandise manager. That is not how it's working with Dave. It's just like, I'm going to have a burrito. No, I'm going to buy a burrito place right now. <laughs> no, I'm going to trademark my burrito too. And then I'm going to put a video of me dancing with a burrito. And you go, what? That's, that's what we're getting. Like, think about six months ago, nine months ago, those dancing videos. The thing where he's pretending to feed a dog a veggie burger with his Postmates bag. Right, right. Like, who told you that's a good idea? I mean, there's nobody to say no. <laughs> there. Exactly. That's the episode title. There's nobody to say no. <laughs> you just accidentally named this episode. So I look at all this and I go, 
yeah, you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead. I get it. Okay, yes. Have I made fun of the Eddie Samurai bun? Like, that's when you knew that that bad stuff was going to happen. Yes, I've made fun of that. Or the Simon and Garfunkel gig where he's noodling the bridge over troubled water. I've made fun of some Eddie stuff, but it's not out of hate. And Dave's mockery is out of hate, or that's yeah. at least how it sounds. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like I said, it's just, it's cruel, it's uncalled for, it's really indefensible. And I would say that even if Eddie was still alive, it would still be this sort of thing. It's like, why? And the the funny, you know, the crazy thing is, no doubt, Wolfie, Alex, even Michael can air a lot of dirty laundry about him, I'm sure. Oh, And a lot of it's already oh. out there. Listen, everybody knows he's a womanizer. Every, you know, I mean- Wait, womanizer? Yeah. Dave? <laughs> um, not, not what I'm hearing. <laughs> Don't say that. But no, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he, he um, you know, anybody who spent any time in the Sunset Strip uh, from like 1981 through the, into the 90s knew that he's, you know, put half a Brazil up his nose. Uh, you know, what I mean, it's it's. Oh, not just that. If if you look at the revolving door of hirings and firings in both management and his band and publicists, it's it's not the managers, the band and the publicists. I'll put it to you that way. It's it's sometimes a person going, don't you ever do that again. I told you not to do that. And the person going, Dave, you never told me to do not to do that. Yes, I did. And they go, no, you didn't. That's been a common story that I've heard that he's made up conversations he had with people where he fired them because they did or didn't do something that he swears he told them to do that he never did do. And if we look at the band changes into the Vegas residencies, that's crazy. You look at the band changes in the Little Ain't Enough era, that's crazy. You look at the band changes in the, the Your Filthy Little Mouth era. That's crazy. Right. You look at the band changes in the Diamond Dave late 90s, early 2000s. That's crazy. You look at the DLR band album, which I still insist was not made in 10 days because it had three or four different guitar players on it. That's crazy. It, and people have been enabling this behavior for decades. At a time when you should be burnishing and polishing that legacy. Yeah. This does nothing to that. Sammy will say something ridiculous in a week or two. Who knows? Probably. Yes. Maybe he'll even comment on this. But I'll tell you yeah. right now, Alex has been dead silent for years now. Pardon. That's a terrible choice of words. But Alex has been silent for years now. Wolfie, yeah, not so Instagram much. Yeah, too, but nothing much. Yeah. But really has, I mean, virtually silent. If he was going to come forth with a quote or something now, I could see this happening tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? I mean, or in a day or two, I could, or listen, it's just, it's probably more likely Alex never speaks about this stuff, but God knows if any of these guys wanted to, it could be, it would just be even worse for that legacy. I mean, Dave has just has become a parody at this point. I hate to fucking say it for I mean, yeah. many different ways. So this is another reason why I think that this was a bad judgment call this podcast Okay, so with all the people that you've alienated, they're in totally different camps. So let's just say only Sammy and only Wolfgang respond to us. That's still two enemies who are now do interviews who are going to scorch you back. Right. If Alex decides to, that's a third camp. If Janie Van Halen 
who is a publicist by trade, decides to get involved. That's a fourth one. Valerie. Yeah, um, that too. If Eddie's guitar company, which is a camp, you know, the Matty Bruck team and all that, if they decide to do it, that's more people. If Warner Music Group decided to play offense on this, they could. And Dave just has his, his bookkeeper manager type. And Tom, who's not allowed to say anything publicly, although he has a website and you can look him up very easily. These people aren't allowed to say anything. So he doesn't have a designated person who's there to defend him. Supposedly, John Five's not talking to Dave anymore. I don't know if I ever said that on the air, but no. he allegedly, supposedly had a falling out related to Dave's immaturity. Supposedly, allegedly, Zlozauer and Dave aren't talking. So what I'm getting at is Dave does not have a lot of friends. It's it's questionable if he does have friends or does he just have employees? So somebody who doesn't really have a lot of friends, why would they scorch earth on the few people they have left? I mean, not only from a personal level, but from a business level, right? From a yeah. legacy and a business level. Um, I mean, listen, you said Dave doesn't have a lot of people to defend. Nobody can defend this. And the, again, getting back to, you could make the argument, if you listen to this whole thing, you could probably make the argument that 70 to 80% of this might be true. We know Al drank a lot. We Eddie did okay. go through a divorce. There was infidelity. Everybody knows they did a lot of blow. It was in what's it was in Neil Monk's book that uh, you know there was a lot of blow going around. The yes. night, you know Neil, listen, Neil aired, uh, Noel aired some dirty laundry about the night before the wedding, right? I mean that wasn't yeah. that that people was kind know of, about that. that also, Valerie kind of, Bertinelli's book, yeah, yeah. So it, people kind of, yeah, and it's in Valerie's. So let's just, so maybe I'm making way much. Maybe I'm making much more of this than I really should. But again, it comes down to. Why? What do you gain from this? Nothing. Be bigger, or I mean, or in, yeah. in the in the in the words of a certain anchor ba anchor baby, a legal immigrant, former first lady, be best. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It, I, right. Yeah. Seriously, be bigger than this. And it's been thirty plus years where at various times nobody's the only person who's really risen above all this fray is Wolfgang and Michael. Sorry, and Michael. Yeah. Because Sammy's always said stupid stuff. Eddie said some really stupid stuff back in the day. Alex certainly did. Dave's the king shit talker when he wants to. <laughs> he doesn't weigh in a lot over the years, over the decades. Uh, but certainly he's wearing the championship belt for it right now. And there's no yeah. point to it. The We're, only it's years later. Why? The only point I could see to the content that Dave put out into the world. This is the only way I could rationalize it is if it were in a book. If he were getting a really, really big payday and he were doing a book that's gone, OK, here's all the things that are wrong in Sammy's books. And here's what really happened in the last 25 years since my book came out and there was a big payday for it. OK, yeah, I get it. You know, Motley Crue's autobiography resuscitated a dead in the water career. Sure. That them being infamous. And so now we love the dysfunction of Motley Crue. I get it. That's fine. But Van Halen isn't that kind of band. No, and they're not a band anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all you have is that. Yeah. All, all you really have is that legacy. I keep using that word. I know, but I've just got to thinking too. I mean, is there and and this is just 
pure speculation, which is 90% of this podcast episode sometimes. Actually, I shouldn't say 90%. I think we're a lot lower than that. But to speculate a bit more, if you're Dave, maybe you just go, I'm 70 years old. Who gives a shit what's going to, you know, five, 10 years? I'm not, I'm not going to be here to fucking deal with it. Do you know what I mean? There, there could be that. Is know, it so black and white old... and so logical in his world where it's just like, fuck it. I got old... no, I got no heirs. But still, but he has sisters. He has some family. Yeah. I mean, this is I, cringe. I this think... is cringeworthy for them too. I'm sure. I'm, uh, but, but, but like family, you enable and you deal with it, and you just go, "Well, there's nothing I can fucking do about it." Yeah, I, I can't look at this as positive on any level. Um, this, this isn't. If I want Dave to be honest and tell his side of the stuff, it's not about this. It's more about. The good times, uh, the solo years, the the things that could have been. So in other words, instead of talking about what a screw up this person is, maybe you could talk about the things that almost happened, you know, that, that we could be excited that they almost happened. Give us a little hope. There's no hope in his diatribe. No. And I'm thinking back to so many of those, I guess, what maybe the second season of the Ross show, the second iteration, whatever it was, I don't know, but post Eddie's death where there was a lot of warmth to a, so much of the reminiscing, right? I mean, that's all it really was for the most part, reminiscing. Yeah, I mean, uh, so much of it, whether it's talking about they were in high school or the early days. I mean, I mean, after 1984, there's no stories from Dave, which is, <laughs> which is, drives me nuts quite frankly especially after reading your book and we'll have a, an episode about this Thank later you. on because there's a whole time there's not only musically but he's done so many we've talked about this before he's done so many cool things he could be he could be talking about he could have talked about that people want to know that he's probably got some hilariously fantastic stories about but getting back to what i was saying before you know, there was a lot of warmth there nothing could have stopped us anyhow whatever that song was right yeah. i mean uh you know, the uh, Sunset Bar and Grill. I, I I mean, there was there was some nostalgia and there was it wasn't from a place of viciousness. None of that. I mean, Dave was waxing sort of nostalgically and warmly. And it, it led to us seeing some things that we previously had uh, hearing some things that we previously hadn't heard before. It was nice for a minute for, <laughs> you know, agreed. It, it did start off fine with the John five stuff. But then he did no press behind it, uh, wound up pulling and reposting and pulling and reposting. Again, no comments, uh, no indication of what's coming next or anything like that. It's it's back to the this is what oh, I'm yeah. doing. But I'm also <laughs> talking so many of those stories. I mean, there's never been correct me if I'm wrong. And even if there was plenty of cringeworthy moments and stuff, but there's never the in any of those stories that he's told the last three, four years, let's say, on the podcast for the primarily or let's say back in the day but you know when he was on rogan and mark Marin, there was none of this viciousness i'm thinking for a second you might be the the closest thing to vicious is when he said like oh we well we never got along or like that none of the bands get along uh, yeah yeah and that's the closest but that's not hateful and this was just hateful yeah, that's the thing. It's hateful towards the person who's the reason why you could still afford to live in a mansion because those things that you did together are still funding your lifestyle 
not any of your pursuits after that. You are able to have this life where you do whatever you want, whenever you want, because you have Jump Panama, Running with the Devil, etc., playing on classic rock radio, and you have people like Adam Sandler putting your movie and films because they're such a big fan of yours. That is why you're able to do your fencing and your body tattoos and all that. Have a little gratitude, maybe, that because you wouldn't be here without Eddie. No, absolutely. So, you know, I I don't know who's going to pick this up. I think that I think we'll see a blabbermouth or an ultimate classic rock kind of thing. But I would not be surprised if Van Halen News Desk skips this because they're a very pro Eddie uh, site. If you never if you notice, they never criticize Eddie. And I, I don't blame that for that. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went. This is such a bad look. And uh, Dave will never feed us another exclusive again, probably. So uh, let's ignore this one. And I would totally understand if I would. I would more. I think about it. I that would be my stance too if I was if I was running the show. Well, we'll see, and maybe I'll text Eric to see what the the inner chatter is. Well, that was <laughs> my it's, Eric it's, fu- <laughs> it's funny. And hello, Eric. Hope you're doing well. Um, that was one of my thoughts too i was a couple hours ago i was like shit i wonder what eric's thinking about this among other people yeah we're not the average van halen or dave fans i i i have to have that feeling you know doing book press and calling into radio stations and all that i think most of the van halen fans are people who like jump in panama and running with the devil and they don't think of dave's solo career besides like just a gigolo yankee rose and they got just like paradise and they dropped off they don't wonder what happened to dave they just go oh he came back to van halen cool i love that when i was in high school and I think that that is a large chunk of the fan base that they're going to go. Darren and Steve are overanalyzing this, but I think in human nature, you wouldn't do this to a sibling. You wouldn't do this to a best friend. You wouldn't go, okay, now that they're dead, let's talk about their divorces and their drug problems and their financial irresponsibility and all that. Let's, let's, let's drudge this all up and talk about it in the most public of ways. You wouldn't, you know, I have, I have, I, my hunch is no, but is any of this like borders on defamation? Uh, no, because you could always argue, well, Dave is a character of parody. It's it's, Diamond Dave said it. Well, you could also say that all of this has been public before too. Or you could do the Hulk Hogan defense where you go, you don't know where Hulk Hogan ends and Terry Bollea starts. So what he said on that sex tape was just topical and it's character. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's how people like this uh, get by. So, you know, when people go, you know, so what do you want to happen for Dave after this? I don't know. I don't know if I want to hear anything he ever has to say ever again. (laughs) After this, because you go, this is this is how you address a departed person you spent decades close with. Like, what do you think about the enemies? Right. Do, am I wrong? Do you feel differently? Are you giving him a second chance? Or are... listen, I'll always pay attention to what he's what he does while he's 
still walking the earth. I mean, it's I've been doing it for 40 plus years, right? But certainly not that it makes a difference to anybody but me, I guess, or just the way I feel about them. It's just and it it hurts. It felt it's fallen down. You don't want to see your heroes be dicks. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I love when the wrestling bad guys are really nice in real life. <laughs> it makes you feel a little better. There's hope in the world. And then you watch Drop a skin. babe. Yeah, exactly. It's funny you mentioned this because I was thinking today before we got on the call, I was thinking about the call and talking to you and everything. And I was like, well, now he's gone full WWE heel. Only all the other wrestlers are going, yeah, he's really fucked up. He's like this in real life. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the first things I was doing, my name dropping where I don't tell you who my sources are, <laughs> every person, every one of those people are going, we have no, uh, we have nothing to say. We don't know. This is this is the damaged person that resembles the damaged person that we worked for who we no longer speak with. So it's it's not like anybody rushed his defense and went, oh, he's just misunderstood. No, it's it's mental illness pairing with not having a sounding board, pairing with not thinking about your actions before you do that. Mental pairing illness with, is a big claim, my friend. Like, hey, hey, Dave, sue me if you're not mentally ill. Sue me. Because <laughs> people close to you, past and present, have told me what you have. You are mentally ill. I am mentally ill too, but the difference is I look for improving myself. I talk to a professional. I look for gratitude. I don't blame other people for my problems anymore. You... <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like that sounds like what I'll be telling my therapist tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that you're supposed to evolve and realize your immaturity and he's got the same mindset that he seems to have had since he was a kid. What did this guy learn? Yeah. I know he read Huck Finn 40 times. And me, but... <laughs> see, that's the thing. That's a shame. This is an uber intelligent guy, right? This is yeah. a guy who's so well-read who is, it's not bullshit. He is really smart and name a big rock star that didn't have a ridiculously immature streak. I mean, do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Whether that's fueled by chemicals and alcohol or not. I mean, narcissism narcissism is uh is a selling point for these guys you know what i'm saying for so yeah. many for so many of these guys but they can turn it off they can function they don't they have for the most part a bit of a career path i mean listen yeah. Vince, Vince Neil is no fucking angel, right? I mean, this guy has done more dumb things than one person can count than than one person ever should but he's had a successful career He's right. I mean, he's kept yeah. it together enough with with God knows how much effort and money and time put into it to still tour with Molly Crew. He's got a, uh, you know, he's got a lot of cars. He's got a wine business. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, Vince Neil trusts other people to manage his stuff. Right. He knows his limitations, and. The Vin Vince Neil is not a musician I'd want to hang out with in real life based on the court documents and stuff I've read, but he has people in place to fix things. And I don't see Dave having a fixer and he really needs a fixer. The well, first, if I were him right now, the first thing I'd be doing right now is hire, hiring a crisis manager PR person. 
That is well, the first thing I would be doing. I mean, outside the usual take, uh, this was taken out of context, or maybe now you can just blame it on AI. There you go. Oh. Blame it on AI. Come on. Roger Stone's blaming, you know, death threats on AI. God, you know, I mean, this is, the, there's a good scapegoat. There's so many things that are deep fakes. Just Dude, blame. Maybe this whole thing's a deep fake. No, just blame the Silver Lake dispensary and the $92,000 of weed that you had before you taped the, the interview. But seriously, folks, like one of those, that's how we'd backpedal out of the whole thing responsibly. By blaming one of the things he talked, the Costco weed or the Kirkland weed, that's part of what he could do. But I, I can't imagine Van Halen ever doing a publicly facing thing with him ever again. Oh, hey, dude, th there will never be, there's any, if you still had a bit of a hype dream, pardon the pun, of any sort of Van Halen tribute with Dave, that's Done. never going to fucking happen. That that bridge is so burnt, it's nothing but some ashes and some cinders. I mean, come on. Yeah, if, if you're Alex Van Halen, let's say he could play, and you go, if I play with Dave, I make an extra one or two million dollars for this much work. If I don't play with Dave, I have my sanity. Which is more important here? Uh, yeah. I think the sanity. Hey, if Dave had his shit together, this thing would have happened over a year ago, two years ago. And uh, I'm hoping to get to the bottom of what did happen. I uh, it, Stuff did happen behind the scenes. It's a miracle that photos and video never emerged. I'm just Man, in this in this day and age, take that sentence right there. The amount of shit that does not emerge. I'm still from both the Van Halen camp and certainly with Dave is just. It's still surprising. Yeah, there's some stuff that's forever on Bradford Avenue in Pasadena that we never we will never find out about until it's determined that it's time. But, you know, if this is the last Dave uh, uh, podcast Roth show, you went out on a terrible note. Man, and and here it's so funny because before this. I get the the YouTube alerts or Facebook see stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, hey, look, another oh, he's more more footage from Fifty Rides on the Love Train. Okay, oh, hey, look, a painting's come back again. All right, right. I mean, it's kind of gotten into this thing where I'm hoping there'll be some more music, another John Five song, and that kind of went away. And then you had those the Van Halen covers, which went up and then came down for mysterious reasons, or most of them. What? what we were talking about this earlier and talking about this offline a couple of weeks ago. I haven't looked. Are any of those still up on the on the streamers? I think that some of them are on YouTube, but not on Spotify and vice versa. Last time I checked, just like Paradise, the quote remix, that was a re-record with the old vocals and some added in stuff. That's gone. Jump is gone last time I checked. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I asked people who know. They don't know either. I mean, in a perfect in a perfect world, in a per in my in my ridiculous perfect world, next week we would have an episode where we are just blown away by the fact that for reasons we don't know, the, the following two weeks Dave put out some some demos from the Your Filthy Little Mouse sessions or something. You know, it's possible. Give me some hope. No, it's not possible. I mean, but. We always come back to this so many times. I mean, there's just so many things that could have 
should have been done differently or just could be done, let alone differently? Maybe the uh, the episode titles could have, should have, wouldn't. Could have, should have, would have, but didn't. I don't know. Whatever it is, you know, I don't come away from today's uh, optimistic that anything's ever going to be right again in that world. Because also with Eddie Van Halen, the vaults, we have no idea on that. And no. it was kind of our one hope for fresh content out of all those guys. And it, if this is the kind of fresh content we get. And I don't want any more of it. So uh, I'm bummed out. So, truly. I've been bummed out all day after this. I, I, when you and I started texting each other, I, I had saw that I hadn't, I saw it come up, but I hadn't had a chance to watch it. But then I forgot what you said, but you were like, this is a shit show. And I was like, Oh God, no. So instantly I kind of steeled myself. My back tightened up a little bit. You know, My yeah. throat got good. I'm like, Oh, I clicked play. Fuck. Ah, the Sammy shit. All right, Dave's being wacky. What the? And then it just was all downhill from there, my friend. And uh, like I said, it's bummed me out all day. Yeah. So in 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 closing, thanks to anyone who tolerated this episode, and hopefully and, to- our next- and tolerated the and tolerated the ballad of Popsicle Sam. <laughs> and uh, thanks to anyone who's still listening, and hopefully the next episode is is happier and there's better things to report. Anything to add? I got nothing. <laughs> nothing but yeah, something, nothing but no. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely, yeah. Not even. Barely. You got, <laughs> just shut it off there. Look at all 